Hey, it's John Williams. If your home struggled to stay warm this winter, then you know it's going to be hot this summer. Maybe it's those old leaky windows and doors. Call Next Door and Window, the company we hired. Right now, you'll get buy one, get one 30% off, plus 18 months of interest-free financing. So call 1-800-NEXT-DOOR right now. That's 1-800-NEXT-DOOR or go to 1-800-NEXTDOOR.COM. Podcast. Okay, John. It's Packer Week. I just think we've come a long way. It's a quick throw to Miller. Touchdown! We've faced a lot uh, throughout this season. I've said this before time and time again. Our back's against the wall now, so we had no choice but to play good football. WGN Radio presents Hogan Johns. What time is it? Why do you feel like, as a whole, this offense is better equipped this time around? We're kind of in a rhythm now. We're a different team. Uh, I just feel like we kind of have, have a new, newfound identity of what we want to do. He keeps again. One-on-one. Tackle missed. Everybody is really locked in. We just got to go out there, play hard, and play hungry, and, and execute what, what, what we got to do. With WGN's Adam Hogue. Adam Hogue rhetorically dancing with his verbiage. And from The Athletic, Adam Johns. You're everywhere, baby. Radio, TV, the paper. What a night for number 10. Here they are, the Adams. It's going to take all 11 hitting on all cylinders and singing out of the same hymnal. Hogan Johns. What's up? Welcome in. Back in the Hoke Studios. Hoke Studios. You need like a, a sign if you're going to call it that. It'd be nice to have a light outside, you know, like that lights up when you're on the air. <laughs> so what, your dog doesn't come near the door? Yes. Well, she likes to do that. She likes to sneak in here when we're podcasting. She's just a part of the podcast. She is. She is. We've been everywhere, it seems like, lately because the schedule's been all jacked up and now we're finally back to a Sunday game. A Sunday noon game, which I've never experienced at Lambeau Field. <laughs> What's, yeah, that, that's that's the better point. I was going to say it's been a long time. We just had one actually at Soldier Field, do we not? No, but uh, at, but Lambeau is it's, 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 it's always I meant, prime I meant time. Lambeau yeah, Field. Yeah, it's always prime time. Always yeah. prime. Time. I, I want to say the last time we had a noon game, there was oh man, like 2013, 2012. No, it's uh, 2010. 2010. The last time there was an afternoon game at noon. Yeah, it's been eight straight years of night games. Really? At Lambeau. I could have sworn there's one in there, but no. Nope. What do I know? What do <laughs> I remember? <laughs> it's uh, it, it's finally a noon game. And the ironic thing about that is it's the first time that the Bears... What was the stat that Kevin had the other Oh, day? yeah. The first time they're going I, there... We, with, we thought he made it up at first. Yeah. First time they're going there with a winning record since 2013? Does yes. that sound right? Since December or something? I don't know. They're winning football team. They're playing the Packers. It's Packers week. It's Packers week. And the game matters. It's pretty much a playoff game for the Bears. Um, boy, there. You start looking at scenarios, and it doesn't look good. But all the Bears can do is win. Well, the least likely of all the scenarios is the Bears winning out. Is it not? Like, you could see the Rams losing their next two games on the road to the 49ers and the Cowboys. That could happen. It could, but they better lose... Like you could see the Bears beating Minnesota in Week 17. You could see the Packers beating Minnesota. You just need the Bears to run the table. That's it. That's it. Well, the way they're <laughs> playing, the way they're playing right now, I'm not ruling it out. Okay, but um, they need a lot of help. One scenario I thought of the other day: if the Bears beat Green Bay. Then the Packers go to Minnesota next week on Monday Night Football. That's going to be a tough game for them to win. So they theoretically could lose two in a row. Yes. Packers. Well, if the Bears then beat the Chiefs, there's a scenario there where the division comes into a three-way tie. Now, they would need the Lions to upset the Packers in Week 17. In Week 17. I, I saw this scenario. So, if the Bears, Packers, and Vikings all finish with a 10-6 and six record, it could happen. Statistically, it's possible. Yeah. If that happens, the Bears would win the division and, and be the third overall seed in the NFC. Because they would only have one loss in the division. Correct. They'd be 5-1 and one in the division. Which would be the Week 1 loss. Yeah. Um, however, let's not get crazy here. However, <laughs> you're talking about the Lions beating the Packers in Week 17, and that game is being played. 
Where's that game being played? Is that a Lambo or is that it? I think it's in Detroit. Yeah, it's in Detroit. Is Matthew Stafford coming back? No. Is Calvin Johnson coming back? No. What about Barry Sanders? <laughs> I don't. I don't think so. No. Yeah. Uh, well, so maybe that's of all the scenarios the least likely. Crazy things happen. They, the, they didn't play well against Washington, the Packers last week. No. The possi- here. Let me say it. the possibility of that scenario being there going into Week 17 is it's gotta be that's like, feasible. It actually getting executed the way you need to in Week 17. That's the long yes, shot. Does yes. that make sense? But I could see two weeks from now. I could see two weeks from now where that's on the table going into Week 17. Be just chaos. Well, you need the Vikings to lose this week. Who do the Vikings have? The Chargers, Chargers on the road. On the road. By the way, the Vikings are they have a bad West Coast record. Like it seems like every NFC North team has. Um they were just on the West Coast two weeks ago playing Seattle. And I saw Paul Allen, our guy PA, uh the play by play voice of the Minnesota Vikings and midday host on uh, K-Fan up there in Minnesota. He was tweeting yesterday about how good the Chargers are. He's like, this is the best 5-8 and eight team I've ever seen. He, he might not be wrong. They throw the there's ball a lot, well. There's a lot of talent on that Chargers yeah. team, and they did beat the Packers and the Bears this season. Okay. Okay. Just do your thing. Let's well, get into this. Yeah, we will discuss all these games <laughs> coming later on in the podcast. Um, anyway... Follow us on Twitter at Adam Hogue, H-O-G-E, at Adam Johns, J-A-H-N-S. And our guy, Joey Joe Rose here. What's up, Joe? In the house, baby. Let's go. Culture. History. Spaghetti. These are the things of a boot country called Italia. Hello, I'm Joe Romano of Romano Tours. For two generations, my family has provided high-quality tours of Italy to people from all over the world, but mostly Long Island and Jersey. And Joe Romano is on Twitter at Joey Joe Rowe, where you can tweet at him. And um, if you have any sleep deprivation advice, he'd appreciate that too. <laughs> huh? What? Hmm? Yeah. He's, you hear Joe? Uh, let's. I, I try to nap in between uh, you guys talking. So just, <laughs> let's keep up the energy. Here we go. Well, well, it's okay. John's naps during the college football picks. I do. So I do. It's fine. Uh, we will get to those two. There's only one this week. Army Navy, I believe, right? It's, it's Army but Navy. How about this? I didn't even have to look at your sheet. And I knew that. <laughs> Joe, are we going to give him credit for knowing that <laughs> no. every American should know it's Army Navy this weekend? I don't care if you even know what football is. It's Army Navy weekend. He didn't even look at your sheet. <laughs> it's Joe, amazing. Joe's asleep. It's amazing. It's amazing. Uh, all right, uh, where should we start? We got I got some sound I want to play from this week at Hallis Hall. Some good stuff. With, Assistant coach week. Yeah, and um, we we have some good assistants that we get to talk to uh, in terms of things they have to say and some insight they give us. We get to talk to them usually once a month. This is probably the last time we're talking to them. Did they give us the assistance before the playoff game last year? I can't remember. No, they did not. No, they did not. Okay. Um. Anyway, a lot going on with this Bears team. Um, I just did a, a radio hit this morning with my guy Mike Heller up in Wisconsin, who you've heard on this podcast before. Uh, unfortunately, his show is now in the morning, so it's harder to get him on this podcast because <laughs> he's literally on the air as we're recording. But um, I was realizing as I'm breaking down the game with him from the Bears perspective going into Wisconsin with his Wisconsin audience... I mean, I couldn't help but think, man, these Packer fans must just think like I'm the biggest homer in the world right now. <laughs> because like you're just the way you're talking about this Bears team right now is completely different than the way they've played the whole season. And when you're from out of town, you're not always dialed into how teams are playing, you know, as of late. I think most people realize Trubisky is playing better. That's pretty much a national story. But you know, our conversation was centered a lot about how Okay, you got a ten and three team playing the seven, a seven and six team, and 
preseason expectations, you probably thought it would be the opposite, that the Bears would be the 10-3 and team. However, if you just look at the recent sample size, you can make the argument that the Bears have looked more like the 10-3 and team lately, and the Packers have looked more like the 7-6 and team. Yeah. Was it Wayne Larravee who tweeted during the, the Cowboys game? Yeah. Like, look out. What, something's coming here in the NFC North. Look at, look at the Bears. Look at Trubisky. Come on. So, so the Bears are 4-1 and in their past five games. The one loss being in Los Angeles where Trubisky was pulled. But, but in these five games, Trubisky's playing significantly better. And I think that makes everyone feel a lot better about where the Bears are. Yes, I know they beat the Lions and beat the Giants and the Cowboys are, are whatever, but they still did it. They still did it. If they didn't do it, everybody would want the whole building canned. Yeah. They didn't. They won. So you should feel good. They had a four-game losing streak with two games under five hundred at two different points this season, and now here they are one game over five hundred. This is... Look, things didn't turn in on itself. They started winning ball games again, and now they're a winning football team again. You can feel good about them. It's okay to. It, you, I mean, I think you should right now. I think you should. And what I what I wrote about on WGNRadio.com, posted late last night, you can go find it, um, is, is about what's still left. There's still a lot to play for here in these last three games, even if the playoffs get taken away. Uh, but there's so much incentive both on a team level and an individual level with some of these players, to finish the season strong. To me, these last three games matter. Even if the Bears... There's actually a scenario where the Bears get a win this weekend and are still eliminated before kickoff next week um, because the Rams play the 49ers on Saturday night next week. So... um, If the Rams beat the Cowboys and the 49ers, the Bears are out. Because they can't pass the the Rams. Yeah. Right? So, I guess that wouldn't completely eliminate them from the division, though. Theoretically, if that scenario we talked about earlier. Yeah, the wild card becomes a bit tougher. The point is, we keep getting sidetracked, like I just did, into these playoff scenarios. And the reality is, these last three games, there's a lot to play for for a lot of these guys. I should also mention, okay, so you can read me at WGNRadio.com. Johns is at The Athletic. He's got a piece up uh, about Mitch Trubisky and Matt Nagy's relationship with some insight from Brian Billick. Um, you should go read that at TheAthletic.com, your athletic app. And we also want to mention, you can still, if you have not subscribed to The Athletic, you are supporting the podcast in doing so if you go to theathletic.com slash Hogan Johns. There's still a 40% discount there for you. And by signing up there, they know you signed up there um, for this podcast and it's helped support the podcast. Yeah. Come along. So, and um, this cup of coffee that Johns was nice enough to bring me this morning from Starbucks and this beautiful Starbucks holiday cup. Uh, it's pretty much what the athletic cost per month. Yeah, especially with that discount. Yeah, so it's three not, bucks a month, people. And you're supporting journalism. You're supporting this podcast. And you know, Dan Pompey's got an excellent, like, get your Kleenex ready piece on the the legacy of Brian Pickle up there right now. Like, if you're a Bears fan or just any type of football fan, to me, it's a must read. Brian Song, Gail Sayers, Brian Piccolo, very touching, very emotional. I probably shouldn't admit this, but you know how everyone's got that one movie that they're like embarrassed to admit they've never seen? I've still never seen Brian. Brian Song. Well, it's a different generation. Yeah, but we cover that every year. Yeah. I should have seen the movie. Yeah. Well, it's not it's like you can't go to Blockbuster yeah. for it. <laughs> I did somehow. I get you. I did somehow watch the entire Irishman over the weekend. Was it good? How many sittings? Three. Oh, split it up in three. Wow. Yeah, well, you know what? As I was explaining to our friend Chris Emma, Chris Emma, the other day, um, when you have a child, there is not three and a half hours right. in any day to watch a movie, pretty much any movie, but especially one that kids cannot watch. Yes, yes. Okay. Like sometimes that time comes about what eight. 8.30 p.m. Right. You put the kids to bed. And then you want to get to bed within an hour. You're not staying up for three and a half hours to watch a movie. No. So this one, and I have a thing that I hate movies that are over two hours to begin with. Really? I could deal with a three-hour yeah. movie. Well, this one's worth it. I, it was good. I liked it a lot. Yeah, I'm glad you said that because it, it's not to say that it's long or drags on or anything, but it's one of those things where you kind of look at the clock and you're like, oh, man, there's still 
two hours left in this thing. Yeah. yeah. I want to read the book first. Okay. Well, good luck with that. That'll take more than three hours. Yeah. Well, Nerd alert. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, I don't even know why I brought that up, but... Um, so how about them bears? Yeah. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, okay. So... Please subscribe to the podcast there, Hogan Johns, uh, theathletic.com slash Hogan Johns. That's the link. You sign up, you support the podcast, get 40% off. Everybody wins, I think, right? Okay. Uh, anyway, what I wrote, WGNRadio.com, was about what's to, you know, st- what's still at stake here, which obviously a lot of this uh, is Mitch Trubisky. Mitch Trubisky has a chance to finish this. If he finishes strong these last three games, that is a half of the season. Now, you want more than a half of the season, but it is a half, the second half of the season that he played pretty damn well. But he's got to do it. Yes. He, he's still got to do it, and I think this Packer game in particular is so important because of what they did to him week one, which I still maintain. I think they zapped his confidence. I think it affected him for way more than one week. I think it lingered for a while. Uh, then you add in the shoulder injury. And it was just a tough first half. It, it of the took season. a while for him to shake it off. Yes, yes. I, I think that's very. Again, you don't want to overanalyze a person after a game, but when you saw him after week one, left his suit in his locker, it, it was notable to me. Especially when you watch him every week since then, very notable to me. And then, yeah, and he had the Broncos throw or the the throw to Allen Robinson against the Broncos, and there there are moments there. But yes. Yes, I, I think this means a lot to him. I think that came across very clear when he talked to the media f- for roughly 10 minutes yesterday. Uh, look, they could say 1-0 and all they want, right? And, and they could say, you know, this is our just a next opponent uh, on the schedule. They, they said it yesterday. But the Packers still feels different. It should feel different. Aaron Rod- Playing Aaron Rodgers should feel different. So this... If people weren't convinced in the Bears' pretty convincing win against the Cowboys, I think this will go a long way in telling, at least quieting some of the concerns people still have about Trubisky and Nagy right now. So you just mentioned that throw against Denver earlier this season. You had the the throws he made in Detroit just a couple weeks ago. The one... The biggest thing to me that still stands out on why Mitch Trubisky could be salvaged and and still be a pretty good quarterback in the NFL is he has shown a knack, even going back to Baltimore in year one of his career. I would even, I know what you're going with. How about the Lions game in his rookie year where he has that scramble, then throw to Dontrell Inman, and then Connor Barth misses the game-tying field. Yeah. Well, he's had a couple of games where the kicker didn't make the field goal after he yes, led them down yes. the field. Like as bad as they were against the Chargers, still put them in position. I know that Matt Nagy came in, in there, you know, and, and ran or did whatever he did there, did not run uh, against the Chargers. But yes, go with you're going with. I know where you're going with. But that's the point in that even in some of his bad performances, he's still stepped up late in games and been clutch. He, a lot of times you have quarterbacks that are pretty good. But they can't win the big one, Kirk Cousins. Or they just can't make the big throw late in the games. Hasn't that been a not knack on Matt Stafford, too? Yeah. Throughout his career? It's interesting that at times Mitch has been downright bad and yet still has that clutch gene. Like, he seems to have it. And then you had a game like two weeks ago in Detroit on Thanksgiving where he was pretty much good from start to finish. couple exceptions here and there. But... Also led them on, you know, late in the game, ninety yard drive, and made the made the throw. So um, we had a chance to talk to Dave Ergo, the quarterbacks coach, the other day at Hallis Hall, and he was asked about this, uh, what he's seen from Mitch Trubisky late in games that uh, has been so encouraging. Well, I mean, I, again, I've seen him do this to a certain extent, right? He's He's been in these positions where he's led the team offense down to either tie or potentially win, um, and he's made throws in those situations. So, you know, if you account for his career that I've been with him, he's made he's had the ability in those clutch situations 
to make throws when needed, to understand situational football, to understand when to throw it away or when to put, try to put one in there. And I, if you look back, obviously, I mean, those are two third-down throws that were tremendous ball placements, great routes by the receivers, tremendous job of the O-line, giving them time. But, you know, again, every time you go out there, it's another test. Right, we understand that, especially the opponents we're playing. But to be able to go out there, I feel as confident in anything else when he's out there in those situations, which are very difficult for a young quarterback to go out and lead those. I think he's done a really good job throughout his career since he's been here to at least give us an an opportunity, right, to either tie or win a football game in the closing minutes. Again, that's that's part of how you measure, in my opinion, right. I mean, I know there's a lot of ratings and a lot of things that go involved with how you measure a quarterback. I get all that, but that has to be part of the equation in my opinion, right? Those are some of the intangible slight slight tangible things, right, that you can measure a quarterback on is his ability in clutch situations, right? How does he respond? How does he react against obviously some pretty good defenses that defenses know what you're doing, right? You're basically in pass happy mode. So I, I give him credit for those things. Why do, you, why do you think he's so good in those those moments? Well, I think, you know, I, I think sometimes within different quarterbacks you're around, some guys just, they love that situation. They want to be in that situation, right? You, The guys that I've been around, player and coach, who don't necessarily play well in those situations, don't necessarily want those situations, right? they rather have the 10-point lead and just being able to hand the ball off. The guys who crave it, the guys who want it, the guys who want the ball in their hands at the end of the game, typically they've been that way their whole life. And regardless of sport, basketball, baseball, it really wouldn't matter. But those guys typically in their DNA, and I think and I think Mitchell is that guy. You know, I've known him through his high school career, obviously through college, but in the NFL, I mean, you can tell he wants the ball. The moment's not too big for him. He understands the situation. So, again, I mean, those are things that you're looking for, right? When you're looking for a quarterback for your franchise, I mean, that's part of the equation, in my opinion. So what makes it so interesting with Mitch is I don't think there's any – Doubt that everything we're going just said is true, but then you have things like the prime time numbers, which you know, as of a few weeks ago, weren't that good. You have like the no game this season was magnified more than the opener against the Packers, and he didn't play well in that game. Even the first half against the Eagles last year in the playoff game, he didn't play well. So it's like you would think that somebody that's been so clutch late in games and craves those moments, like we're going just said, would also step up and be better in some of these bigger games. Now, he has done that as of late, but I think that's just what's been hard to figure out with Mitch yeah. Trubisky. You know, that. well, those are those... Like Kevin Fishbane, my, my guy from The Athletic... Um, Shared. Maybe I should pull him up. Pull him. Like the, the, I, I've heard of him. The, the stats. You know, the fish man. Yeah, yeah. yeah he's, he's got a lasting legacy. That guy. <laughs> the, the the Trubisky success against bad defenses. Right. I, I think it's been like well documented, and I think that coincides with his failures in prime time and against better teams. I, I always look at that like you know, like he can't beat good teams, but you know, like those good defenses are statistically good because they're good, for the most part, against every other quarterback. Get what I'm saying? Yeah. It, it works both ways. Like, I, I just think Trubisky's... I think Chicago has magnified his struggles, in a sense. Being this market, having the the historical badness... The Bears are playing Aaron Rodgers this week, right? Since Brett Favre and, and Aaron Rodgers took over in Green Bay, this has really been a one-sided rivalry. Like, they've had elite Hall of Fame quarterbacks. Here, we've had Caleb Haney, Kyle Orton, Rex Grossman, Todd Collins. I mean, you, you can literally go on and on and on. And on. That's how many quarterbacks have been here. So, I think all of that kind of gets magnified. And especially with the, the Bears trading up and, and the struggles. And Look, everything Trubisky does, good or bad, gets magnified. Um, that that weight of Chicago, the pressure of it, I think it's real for him, and you see it come to fruition through some statistics and some performances. I think it's just why I think these last three weeks are so big, um, because if he can navigate this and end the season strong, it means he's beat the Packers or played well at Lambeau. Right now, Packer fans 
they're not scared scared of Trubisky. Like that is a weird way to measure a quarterback, but it's sort of an accurate way too. Yeah. Like yeah. you're afraid of Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Like if you're a Bears fan, you know that guy, what that guy's done to you. Yeah. Right now in Packerland, they make jokes about how they want Trubisky to be the quarterback for the next ten years right. because they they don't think he's good. Like they almost forget about the start late last year that eliminated the Packers from the playoffs. I don't from the conversation. Why you shouldn't shouldn't. But yeah. you know what I'm talking about. He was efficient. He threw. What do you have? A couple touchdown passes. And Aaron Rodgers was awful. Yeah. In that game, look, it was tighter than you probably wanted. I think it was just a one touchdown win. It was a 24-17. But he he played quarterback, Tremont Williams, in that game. Um, you know that ro- that quote's getting another run for its money this week. I think it was Mark Potash asked Trubisky directly about it yesterday. But yes, things are trending upward for him. He, he's definitely been better. It's he, he, using another cliche. He stepped up, but I, I I do get the criticism. I don't want to sound like you know we're we're overly defending or overrating what Trubisky has done. He needs to continue to prove it. I think we've we've said that continuously. It's a big game for him. Well, that's what I mean. I'm still in wait-and-see mode. Yeah. But I do think these last three games are big. So you got the Packers, and you're going up against Mahomes, and a game that may or may not be on national television. It still could be flex for those of you that, that missed that news. The NFL opted to do a six-day flex window for the Week 16 game. Usually they only do that in Week 17. Um, so based on what happens this weekend, we'll determine whether or not the Bears play the Chiefs on Sunday Night Football. I think if the Bears win... That game will be on Sunday Night Football, um, but that's a huge one. I mean, you're going, you got the Matt Nagy, Andy Reid, Patrick. Mahomes. Yeah, I, I it's going to be another magnified game. I, I almost wonder why they haven't just kept it that way yet. You know, even well, if the Bears- I, 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 my understanding is the NFL, and you saw this last year. Remember how they stacked Week 17? All the games that didn't matter were at noon, and all the games that did matter were in the late afternoon window. They want these games in their big windows to have playoff implications. So if the Bears are out of it, they don't. And I think it's probably a battle because if I'm, I'm pretty sure NBC would rather have Chiefs Bears yeah. playoffs or not than New Orleans Titans, which will be the game that goes in there if there if there is a switch. But the NFL right now wants games that matter in down the stretch. In their primetime windows, which is understandable. Yeah. I mean, can't really argue with that. Don't they want ratings? Well, the networks want the ratings. Didn't that Cowboys game like set? I don't yeah. know. If and the NFL right. wants yeah, the ratings, yeah, yeah. too. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But they love their ratings. There's a there's a balance there that they're trying to figure out. Um, I kind of want to go back to the quarterback real quick. Uh, Hogue, earlier in the season, you talked about um, a guy or a team winning because of or in spite of. Do you think yeah. that Trubisky needs to have a because of game? You know, at least one because of game in the, in one in these last three in order for them to like really hone in and declare him their quarterback of the future again. Someone pointed that out to me on Twitter this week that he's been that guy the last couple of weeks, and I completely agree. He now I've been arguing that he's played well for five straight weeks now, but I think the difference in the last two weeks is that he has been that win because of guy. Yes, uh, not just with. Because yeah, of. Because of. Especially in Detroit, like you saw him, like actually they win because of him. They would not have won that game if Chase Daniel was out there. No. Okay. Um, last week, obviously it was a little bit, the score was a little bit different, but, but, but because but, of the way the quarterback played yes, was, be, was a big part even of it. When, it started, when, when the Cowboys started to get a bit of momentum, and you're like, oh, this could be an interesting second half. You know, they're an explosive team. They're good statistically for a reason because the potential is there. When Trubisky scores on that touchdown run, I mean, it's went out of their sails almost immediately. Yes, they did come back a a little bit, but that's a lot of that's garbage time. Bears were playing soft in coverage, but to me, that was a noticeable, a a very notable moment in maybe this Trubisky evolution is answering when that other team is starting to answer what you've already done. You know what I'm getting at? Yeah. He responded, and he responded by running in. For the touchdown himself. So to, to answer your question, Joe, yes. I mean, I think he, if he can continue that these last three weeks, it's just a completely different conversation going in the offseason. The same way it will be, and the second item I had on what I wrote, is the confidence that Bears fans will have in Matt Nagy 
and Ryan Pace. I still maintain the overwhelming majority of the big picture of what these two have done is positive. Matt Nagy's or uh, Ryan Pace's record, uh, I believe. What did I have? It's at thirty-three and forty-four or something like that. He's still eleven games under five hundred, but it's kind of misleading because he had to do a full rebuild, a full rebuild that required them to lose a lot of games. Um, Matt Nagy now nineteen and ten in two seasons, NFL Coach of the Year award. What these guys have done for the most part is good. That four-game losing streak in there. Had everyone, you know, wanting to blow everything up. Yeah. Uh, I get it. It's the NFL. People want that. But as I wrote a week or two ago, you know, there's, I'm of the belief that this whole thing may end up making Matt Nagy a better coach. Yeah. I still think it's incredibly important to realize that inside that locker room, things did not fall apart when they were losing with the weight of expectations. That's that is a sign of a good head coach. So, like year two of Tressman, that year began with high expectations. Not not exactly as lofty as the ones Nagy. They were started. pretty high though. They were high. Talking about a playoffs and a possible Super Bowl run. The players were saying it themselves. You had a GM talking about winning multiple championships, multiple, and then everything came in on itself. They were not a winning football team. Jay Cutler was benched because Mark Tresman wanted to try to save his job. That came in December five years ago. Wow. You did not have that happen here. Yes, there were some dicey moments. It's like a part of my story like in, on The Athletic today, getting yelled at against the Reds. Or like Trubisky, Trubisky getting yelled at by Nagy against the Redskins. Sure. The TV comments, which were blown up out of proportion. Uh, the Rams game. Getting pulled because of his hip injury. Didn't look good on the sideline. You have all those things playing in the dynamic, but you know what? Trubisky's come out of this. That means Nagy's come out of this. Well, and to that point, Nagy was asked yesterday if he feels like he's a better coach after the adversity the Bears faced earlier this season. This was his answer. I, I do, and, and I think the reason why I say that is um, – you never really know the the exact challenges. You know, there's going to be some losses in there. You never know how long, how many of those losses are going to occur. Um, how the, you know what the response is going to be. Obviously, for all of us, myself, the players, the city, the fans, we all want um, to be to be completely great and and uh, and win the Super Bowl. That's what we want. When that doesn't happen, um, you're presented with challenges and adversity. And I think for myself. Um, you know, mentally more than anything, it can it can help you grow, and, that, and that's what it's done to me. I feel like a better coach going through this for the players, for for my coaches, and uh, just the way we communicate, uh, the honesty, um, the the belief in one another going through this uh, is important, and and it'll help me in the long run be able to handle these type of situations when they arise again. Do you feel like you're running your offense differently than you were five weeks ago? Um. Probably maybe a little, you know, I just just because um, we were searching. We were really searching for many different reasons uh, what, what the answers were. I told you we were, we're problem solvers. We're looking for solutions. And um, we, we feel like we may have found some things, uh, whatever that is, and we'll kind of just kind of go with that, you know, without getting into schemes. But I like that. That part's good. Is it, is it too short, you know, too little? To, to, you know, is it not good enough? I don't know, but we feel at least better on offense. We want to get better, but we feel better. So there's two things in there. There's, the, there's Nagy, the head coach, and then there's Nagy, the head coach play caller, and the second answer. But, you know, the first part, I know people had some issues with the way he handled it right before the field goal uh, against the Chargers, but still make the field goal. Um, there's been some things here and there. That I do that you can question as the head, but I really, throughout the four game losing streak, never doubted Matt Nagy, the head coach, because I was still impressed with how everybody was staying positive and it was all being held together. My criticism was more on how long it took to make those offensive adjustments that you heard in the second part of that answer and why it took so long to get Trubisky back to the things that make him comfortable to rebuild his confidence. But you know what? They did do it. It's, it. I realize Nagy's been labeled as stubborn, and I think 
to some extent there's some fairness there with his the play calling or the you know the the game plans with Trubisky specifically but it does appear that they reached that point it may have been a game or two too long or you know for him to get there but it does appear that they got there yeah see i want to defend his stubbornness a little bit like if you, you watch the film all the time yeah the some of the plays he he, he was calling were we're in a sense working now. Sometimes it's Trubisky missing the throw. Sometimes it's a drop. Sometimes it's a penalty. Like things were working, but certain things would bring him back. So like he has a reason to remain stubborn. Then at the same time, though, like if, if it's still not working, if that one player who's making that job, if you're not getting that production from your tight end, he can no longer be your first or second read, right? Yeah. You, you have to adjust. And he finally did it, and, and it's. I think you see it in some tempo stuff, some sugar huddle stuff. I think you see it in some of the, the the changing of launch points for Trubisky. It's benefited him, and it's benefiting everybody. But I still think some of the things that worked earlier in the season, or at least that Nagy liked, you still see it. It's like those throws to Anthony Miller uh, against the the um, those third down throws on the ninety yard drive to Anthony Miller. Like those, I feel like have always been in his playbook, but it's getting everything to work. You know, no. Pre-snap penalties, finding the right matchups, having your quarterback be in time with everything, having your receiver being in the right place at the right time to go with it. You get you you're finally getting that across the board. All right, let's uh let's get into this Bears Packer preview and make our picks. But before we do that, it's the return of voicemails. It's been a couple of weeks. People dun, dun, dun. people have been upset. I got confronted by Dion Miller in the press <laughs> box. Things got a little dicey there. And I said, you know what? If you bring in your mint chocolate chip, whatever you call that, that was yesterday, or those brownies. We'll have these <laughs> voicemails hot and ready for I you. I just call them heaven. They were amazing. Then I will get you your voicemails this week. It, more specifically and accurately, Joe Romano will provide you with the voicemails this week. He works hard on those, and they're back. Here are your voicemails for the Bears' outstanding victory over the Dallas Cowboys last week. Hello? Do you know who this is? Oh, you didn't know? Your ass better call somebody! The Hogan John's voicemail. The Hogan John's voicemail line. Believe it or not, George isn't at home. Please leave a message at the beep. Got any questions or comments about the Bears? Give the guys a call before, after, or even during the game. 312-222-5050. Go Bears! Hogan Cat, John Z. Bibb, Jimmy Jumpin' Jack Flash, Bob Dabrowski here calling in from Soldier's Field. Kiddos, let me tell you something. I've played about 300 hours of Red Dead Redemption 2, so I know a thing or two about Cowboys. And Cowboys can't handle the cold. And it's a little chilly. It's not fair weather, but these boys aren't going to be able to handle it. We got the defense, okay? I mean, they're going to be pinning their ears back, looking to attack. They're going to be like a ninja on karate day, just heading down the stairs ready to attack Dak Prescott. 37 to uh, 3, Bears. Let's go. Go Bears, Bear Down. Gigi Dow from Westwood. I'm 11 years old, and I'm loving this. Mitch looks so good. The offense is doing so much better than they've done. Let's go! Bears down! Chuck from Pine River, Minnesota. I am excited and fired up. I can't believe Trubisky threw touchdowns and one on the ground. But on the other hand, I'm so ticked off. Where has this been all year? Where has it been? I sure wish Trubisky would play like this all the time. Bear down. Chris from the south side. Holy shit, the Bears are back. They're alive. Mitch looked amazing. Defense with all the injuries. They looked really good. Now it's on to Green Bay with everything on the line. You know what it's going to be. Green Bay. Bear down. Mike from Maryland. Uh, just wondering when you're going to change the name of the podcast to the Hogue and Johns and Fishbane show. He needs to be back the rest of the year. Bear down. Folks and Johns, Joey Joe Rowe, Robin Granite City here. It's been a tough season to rep the orange and blue down here in Cardinal Country. No Sunday ticket, been following via terrestrial tech, VPNing around me just to listen to Joni Ekinter. Worth it. But tonight, 
on a nationally televised game surrounded by cheeseheads and bandwagon cowboy fans. We got this diehard Mitch Supreme. More Jim McMahon than Jim Everett Mitch. Kicking the Cowboys' ass in primetime Mitch. Whatever happens the rest of this season, man. Playoffs, no playoffs. We will always have tonight. Ernie, you're open to straight fire. Bear down. Jeremy from Shanahan. I was one of those Mitch Doubters for the past couple weeks. But, whoo, three passing CDs, one rushing CD, baby. And bear down. Got one thing to say. Mitch, please. Mason from Barrington. Maserati Mitch is back. Did you see that touchdown run? Took off, made the defenders look silly. At the end of the day, all Bears fans want is just a chance to do something. Play on Sundays, but it matters. This Green Bay game now, one of the biggest games against the Packers in five years. Let's go one game at a time, one down at a time. Punch it in. Yay. Mike, from the wrong side of the cheese curtain, do you remember the Bears from last year? Making plays, scoring points, wreaking fear. Thursday night, they were back. Just ask Garrett and Dak. Pretty sure Jerry left them both here. All right, good to have those voicemails back in the podcast. Apologies that uh, we missed it for a couple weeks. But, you know, sometimes when you take something away, you get good feedback. <laughs> and it's good to know that people still love those. What, what's that saying uh, about love? You know, if you, if you let it go and it returns, something like that. <laughs> I don't know. But I've been married too long. I don't know what that means. That was the worst love story I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Bears, Packers, it's always fun no matter what's going on, whatever the circumstances, but this game does matter, and I think it's a winnable game for the Bears. So there's a lot of statistics. Like like the Packers are kind of tough to figure out, like especially defensively. Like good uh, opposing quarterback passer rating, uh, that's still pretty low, but... A lot of these other statistics, they're they're not that good. I don't view them as a serious Super Bowl contender. No, no. So Aaron Rodgers is actually saying, you know, we're winning games ugly. What was the final score of that Redskins game? Like twenty to fifteen or something like that? Yeah, they won by five. Yeah, ugh, ugh. just just an ugly game. So they are beatable. Um, I know Rodgers has only thrown two interceptions, but there's some numbers of his. That people point out as being down. I, I, look, I've seen him too long to, to really ever discredit anything he, he's doing. He's still an outstanding player. But defensively, advanced stats, regular stats, however you want to look at it, they're they're not as good as we thought they were at the beginning of the year. What are they, 20th in DVOA? That's the Football Outsiders metric, which I always like using because I think it's typically spot on for, me, for the good teams. Let me correct you real quick because I was actually trying to – throw some water on the expectations of that Packer defense. And I looked dumb after week one. Yeah. Because I remember... They were the, pretty good for the first couple of weeks of leading, the season. Leading up to that game, I said, wait a minute, this Packer defense not going to... Everyone's making them out like they're going to be a top five unit. And I said, I don't see that. Mm-hmm. Now, I looked stupid in September because they did look pretty damn good. They looked good against Mitch Trubisky and the Bears in week one, but they've fallen back to earth. They're kind of exactly where I thought they'd be. Middle of the pack. Middle of the pack. It's good. You didn't mean to do that. No, I did not. Yeah. yeah. Even when you pack. said it, I couldn't figure out why it yeah. was a pun, yeah. but it was. Yeah, there you go. Middle yeah. of the pack. Um, I, you know, I'm sure they'll have some confidence up there in, in Green Bay. To, to me, the player to watch is, is Aaron Jones, the running back. I feel like a lot of things run through him now. Yep. Uh, didn't he have just a, a great receiving game not too long ago? I don't like that matchup against Kevin Pierre-Lewis and Nick Kwiatkowski. Maybe we, we talked about this on the Athletic Podcast. Like, What can Chuck Pagano do to be more inventive to offset just how Aaron Rodgers is going to attack your injured middle linebackers, in at least that situation? So we'll see what they do. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm concerned about um, is... Look, I think the Bears have a big advantage up front. This offensive line for the Packers has been a little inconsistent. Brian Bulaga's banged up. Um, they do have that that rookie in Elkton Jenkins, who's actually been pretty good. But when you consider Akeem Hicks is coming back out there, Khalil Mack is still Khalil Mack, and Leonard Floyd, boy, he likes playing the Packers, doesn't he? Yeah. Seven and a half of his 18 and a half career sacks have come against Green Bay. That's 40% of his career sacks have come against the Packers. I mean, up front, 
the Bears should get after Aaron Rodgers. The problem is he's really good with the quick game. Still is. And there could be some vulnerabilities, as you just brought up, with Nick Kwiatkowski and Kevin Pierre-Lewis covering behind them. It sounds like Prince of Mookamara is going to be back. Yeah, practice some full on Wednesday. I imagine HaHa Clint Dix is going to want to have a good game going back to Green Bay. Um, but it, it is going to be interesting to see. Uh, real quick before we move on, because I do have this from Ted Monachino. I asked Ted Monachino, the Bears offensive line, or uh, excuse me, outside linebackers coach the other day, why Leonard Floyd is so good against the Packers. Well, I, I certainly don't think it's a coincidence, and I don't think it's a matter of him taking a different approach versus the Packers. I love it that it's against the Packers. If it's going to be against anybody, we'd prefer it to be against the Packers. But um, I think that Leonard feels really confident against the the matchups that he gets in this game. You know, he knows that there are times when they're going to do certain things with uh, Khalil that's going to leave him singled in a matchup that he likes, whether that's an inside rusher or an outside rusher. Wherever we decide to use him, he's got a real good feel for this offensive line. Number one, he's been doing it the longest in our room. So he knows these these protectors better than the other ones do. Um, but he is a... I think he's a consummate pro that prepares and he he's got great confidence against these guys and when he gets his opportunities when he gets singled and he gets close to the to the launch point he knows he can finish so i i've always felt that yes you know players get up for for certain big games in certain opponents but aaron Rodgers' knack for holding on to the ball longer because he's so good off script that's where he kills you, right? You know, he buys himself time, and he gets that big chunk play down the field. It's not on time, but they're so good at improvising with him. That's what makes Aaron Rodgers, to me, so special, because everything just flows that way. But Leonard Floyd, like, he doesn't always win with his first initial move, but he's fast, and he can chase you down. That's why I think he's always been good against Aaron Rodgers, because Aaron Rodgers always going to hold on to that ball a second longer, keeping his eyes down the field, trying to make that big play and kill you with it. Leonard Floyd has that speed to catch you, to surprise you. Not all players have that. Leonard Floyd has that second gear. He may not win his first move again, but he has that ability to to chase you down. Like Shea McClellan not too long ago and breaking collarbones. I'm getting besides the point, but he's got that to him against Aaron Rodgers. I think that's always benefited him. All right, let's get to our picks. Bold predictions. How about this one? Okay, this this could be really bold. Ooh, we're going... Kyle Fuller interception. Really bold predictions. Kyle Fuller for interception with a good return. I want to say pick six, but Aaron Rodgers does not throw pick sixes. He just does not. Right. You're. I mean, you are bold that he's even going to throw a pick. Yes. Kyle Fuller interception. Okay. That's okay. I don't know if Joe, can we get a, I don't know if that's really bold. The man can't catch. He's only thrown two two interceptions all season. So I do feel like it is pretty bold. (laughs) And and Kyle can't catch. Okay. Yeah. You, you went the other way on that one. I wasn't. (laughs) (laughs) It's a fair point. Um, He's had like four games in a row. We're like, Oh, this could be a big play. And he doesn't make the play. All right. Mitch Trubisky has thrown for three touchdowns in two straight games. He accounted for four overall with a rushing touchdown last week. My bold prediction is he accounts for three touchdowns, at least three in this game. Okay. I like it. Make your prediction. Keep that going. Uh, One more bold prediction. I will say that uh, Aaron Rodgers has had a quarterback rating over of 85 or higher in every game except two this year, and one of those was that snowy game in Carolina. I think the Bears keep his quarterback rating under 85 this week. Whoa, I I think we all know where we're leaning on this one. Yeah, I think so too. Um, I'll go first. Go ahead. Um, There is not a game. I'm not a gambler, but I do pick some games casually. Um, that four and a half, the Packers are four and a half point favorites. They, this open at seven. I don't think there's a game on the NFL slate this week that I feel more confident in a team covering than the Bears and that four and a half. And I think with the way they're playing, I think it continues this week. I like the vibe. I like Trubisky's confidence. Now, 
it's completely fair to point out that if you're if you're in Green Bay, you're probably going, well, Mike Pettin might have the Bears number. Uh, especially the way things played in uh played out in week one. But I think this is gonna be more like last year at Soldier Field, where the Bears were just the better team. Um I know it's weird to say right now. They're not the better team overall this year. But I think right now, as they match up at Lambeau Field on Sunday, I think there's an argument to be made that the Bears are the better team. I think they have the better defense. And I think while obviously the Packers have an edge at quarterback with Aaron Rodgers, I like the weapons around Mitch more than I like the weapons around Aaron. Yeah. I'm just going to try to play the trends. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to play the trends on this one, but go ahead. Make your Okay. Play. I'm going to say the Bears win 24-20. Okay. All right. I'm going to go 26-20. I feel like it's going to be some type of wonky score, you know, like 26-18, 24-18, just, you know, 25-18. Um, it, it seems to have that type of vibe uh, to it. It's going to be cold up there. But, again, I'm playing the trends just like I played the trends against the Cowboys. I'm doing the same thing this week. I feel good about the pick. 26, let's go 26-20. Bears in this one. Yeah, uh, Hogue, you said that the – Line opened at seven. That dropped like a brick to four. I do think the Bears keep it close, but I'm not confident in a win this weekend. I got the Packers winning 20 to 17 in a defensive battle. 2017. You think, uh, okay, let me ask you this, Joe. Even though you got them losing, how do you feel about like the momentum that Trubisky's created? Does that continue? I, I do think that continues. I think he plays well enough, you know, where you we're not going to be sitting here on Monday complaining about the quarterback again. Okay. I think well, he was- has a strong finish to the season. And, you know, I talked about it a couple weeks ago. I'm I'm more focused on the trajectory of ten than I am in a playoff berth. I'd rather see him play well and not make the playoffs than see him play the way that he, that he did in the first 10 games of the season and, you know, squeak into the playoffs. Well, and there's they, they're that's huge. I mean, they, they this is a bigger picture here. You need to have your franchise quarterback in, the, you know, beyond this year. Yes. So I, I can completely understand where you're coming from on that one. All right, we got some games to pick, games that really matter for the Chicago Bears. Let's jump in. We tried to reach out to the man who died in this pursuit. Uh, they were unavailable for comment. Micah, back. Did you see there's a new Ghostbusters movie coming out? Yes. That made you think about Ghostbusters? Yeah. Is there like a new Ghostbusters movie like every three yeah, years? Yeah, but this one is not like with... Um, Melissa McCarthy. And- yes, that was just bad. I never saw it. Yeah, that, that was just bad. I, uh, no comment. But this one, apparently one of the original Ghostbusters, I, I don't know, watch the trailer. <laughs> this is not a movie podcast. Okay. It I, seems, I'm, I'm intrigued. I'm excited about Uncut Gems, the new Adam Sandler yes, movie, yes, which is a Netflix, serious yes, movie, not yes. a comedy. Yes. And also Curb Your Enthusiasm comes out next month. Ooh, a couple good ones. Ooh, yeah. Yeah, our guy here at the radio station, Nick DiGiulio, um, says that uh, Sandler's going to get nominated for an Oscar for that. Yeah, that's what I've heard. I think Dean feels the same way. Mm. Dean Richards, I think he, like, be, like best actor. I feel like we're really leaning towards doing a movie podcast. And we could do it. <laughs> Although we get yelled at that in the off season. I still want, we, you know, my whole Mighty Ducks thing. No, we're definitely inserting movie reviews into the off season podcast. Yes, we still got to do that little Giants episode. Yes. I was more avoiding the picks segment. <laughs> yes. All right. Well, there are games here that matter for the Bears, at least two. Uh, the Vikings go to Los Angeles. I almost said San Diego. Uh, the Chargers are two and a half point underdog at home, 305 Sunday on CBS. The Bears badly need the Chargers to win this game. Uh, I, I feel like I. I have more confidence in Kirk. I've always been like a defender of Kirk Cousins. I, he doesn't win big games. He's going out in the West Coast here. Uh, all right, fine. Let's do it. Chargers in this close one here. I don't know what the score is going to be. But give me the Chargers winning outright and making the season, the end of the season, really, really interesting. Interesting. All right. Um so I'm going to pay off the tease on that tweet I mentioned earlier in the podcast from our friend Paul Allen, the voice of the Vikings, tweeted yesterday, went hashtag sinkhole speculating the L.A. Chargers for 90 minutes tonight. Probably the best 5-8 and eight team I've ever seen watching plays. Not kidding. James, Bosa, 
Ingram, Hayward, legit defensive studs, Allen, Henry, Eckler, Gordon, Rivers, parentheses most times, on bona fide offensive, are bona fide offensive studs. Wow. Hashtag faith. <laughs> Much like the uh, play-by-play guy for the Green Bay Packers, it sounds like there's some doubt from the Vikings and Packers play-by-play guys yes, this week yes. on uh, their uh, perspective matchups against the Bears and the Chargers. So I guess we got to get Jeff Joniak's confidence level, uh, uh, what's going on. But um, then Pro Football Talk, Mike Florio retweeted this and said, Paul is bracing for the inevitable. There are a lot of people who think Chargers are going to win this game. I am one of them. I think you just look at also recent history, um, the... Uh, the Vikings going out west, and the Chargers are a decent team. I don't know. I'm, I'm taking the Chargers, too. Did you guys see the video of uh, Philip Rivers woofing at uh, Ngakwe from the Jaguars? Yeah. Man, he is amped for a team that has little to no chance of making the playoffs. I think he they ride that momentum. They, they are woofing in Danielle Hunter's ear this weekend. They don't need the two and a half. They just cover. You know, they win outright, baby. Chargers. So all- all three of us think they win outright. And that's the facts. That's that's 100% truth. All right. Well, the other one that the Bears need badly is the Cowboys to beat the Rams. The reeling Cowboys at home. They're like the Bears when they just need to beat that. They just need to beat the Lions. Like, it didn't need to be pretty. They just need to beat the Lions at home. They just need to get a win here. They had to get a win. That's what the Cowboys are right now. They have to find a way to get a win. This is 325 Sunday on Fox, the national window game uh, late afternoon. The Cowboys are one-and-a-half-point underdogs at home against the Rams team starting to find themselves yeah, offensively. Yeah, I, I, I was really impressed with their win over the Seahawks. I was, too. I did not see that coming. No. It, it, I was not expecting at least an offensive dud from Russell Wilson and the Seahawks. And it really hurt the Bears. Yes, yes. You needed that one. Um, I do think the Cowboys are better than they showed against the Bears. I do think some desperation will help. The dynamics of that team, it, it, it's just so... It's got to feel really tough to play for a GM that's talking all the time. The pressure of that. Maybe a leader steps up. Maybe it's Dak Prescott. Maybe it's Zeke Elliott. I, I, I still have my doubts about what the Rams can do. I, I really do. Um, all right, give me give me the Cowboys in this one. Okay. To cover or to win? To win at okay. home. All right. Going with the home team here. Well, that means they cover too because they are the underdogs. Yeah. Um, I'm taking the Rams. My gut is telling me that the Cowboys will actually find a way to gut this one out. Um, but look, just looking at the matchup, the way the Rams are playing right now, Jared Gossman better. They found Tyler Higby. Tyler Higby's been in this league and never really been a receiving threat. All of a sudden, last two weeks, seven catches. I think he went over 100 yards yeah. receiving last week. He's they ha- They've been sort of like the Bears in which they haven't gotten consistent production from that spot. And all of a sudden, Tyler Higby's emerged. And that's been huge for their offense lately. Um, I, to be honest, I wouldn't be surprised if the Cowboys... I know what you're saying, but like... My guts tell me maybe the Cowboys actually stick it to him right? really? almost big time. But go on. Okay. Well, um, I could see that happening, but my head's telling me with this matchup, the way the Rams have been playing lately, uh, much much improved that they will find a way to win this game. And probably, yeah, one and a half, I think they covered too. Joe? I did not see the NFC East turning into one of those 500 d- division winners. Like, okay, tallest short person gets into the playoffs. The Eagles needed overtime to beat the Eli Manning-led Giants. That's just, I don't know, man. It's crazy. Um, I'll take the Cowboys here. Not super confident about it. Rams are a Jekyll and Hyde team, so I'll just take the home team and pick them, basically. Cram it up your cram hole on the floor. The Broncos, Vic Fangio's Broncos. Those are only two games that really matter for the Bears. So we'll pick some random ones here at the end. We're just going to skip the Lions. Okay. Yeah, I thought you you maybe give David Ball a little bit more respect, but fine, okay. No, backdoor cover last week. (laughs) (laughs) All right, uh, Vic Fangio. They've been playing better. How about Drew Locke? Drew Locke, okay. I'm playing Deshaun Watson. Here's the thing, Bo. This is Drew Locke's first game. I love, like... Just everybody overreacts. I know. Now, he may end up being good. It's but like, like, It's like Daniel Jones' first start. 
even uh, Andy Reid, this was was like raving about how Vic Fangio and John Elway found their quarterback. This one game. Where are we with Mitch Trubisky right now in year three? It, it's it's not a guarantee. Now, you know, with Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson, certainly it's it's worked out. They came on came out of the gate storm, you know, looking great, and it's maintained. But let's let's see what let's see what he looks like against Patrick Mahomes. Okay. Kansas City this week. Chiefs are nine and a half point favorite at home noon Sunday on CBS. Give me the Broncos. You better lock it up. You better lock it up. No, you lock it up. You lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. So I like, I like their defense. Yeah. I like their improved quarterback play. I like Cortland Sutton. I like a lot of things right now with this with this Broncos team. I think the Chiefs win. Yeah. But the Chiefs haven't been world beaters this year. No, no, no. And I know and they Mahomes w- actually struggled the past three or four weeks. I know they went into Foxborough one last week, but the the Patriots don't look like the Patriots right now either. No, no. So um I like the Broncos to cover. I'm not definitely not saying they're winning this game. They may only cover by a point or two, but I think they cover. What what's impressed me over the past few games about the Chiefs, it's it's not Mahomes. It's their defense is coming out and playing. I, I know the Patriots might be a bit overrated because that, that offense, Tom Brady doesn't have anybody other than Julian Edelman going right now. Yeah. They're searching for answers, but the Chiefs' defense has been better. Maybe some uh, this the spoiler aspect of the Broncos is really taken off. I, I like I like Vic, so I, I don't think the Chiefs are going to lose this, but give me the 9.5 of the Broncos for sure. I think I've had the Chiefs wrong on every single time that we've picked them. So at this point, it's just throwing it against the wall. I will take the chefs to cover nine and a half. Hello? Hey, Coach, how you doing? Hey, Coach, how you doing? Hey, Coach, Wow, that was a lot of voices. <laughs> Who was that? That was Matt LaFleur the first time we <laughs> talked to him. Cram it. Another good one yesterday, too. He, uh, I think he said something like, that was, that was really loud. Something like that. We we got him good. What's his brother uh, do? Is he on the Niners staff? Yes. It's like an offensive passing game coordinator, something like that. Cram it up your cram hole on the floor. That's right. Uh, all right. Texans, Titans. This is a big one in the AFC South. Titans, a three-point home favorite noon Sunday on CBS. They've been uh, making a playoff push. Both teams, eight and five. Fun fact or quiz. Trivia. Do you know who has the highest passer rating amongst qualified quarterbacks currently this season? Ryan Tannehill. Yeah. How about that? I didn't know that, but it was easy to guess. Kevin <laughs> <laughs> Fishbane, fun fact for the day. Yeah, um, yeah. Raise your hand if you saw that coming. Like that. That's a reason why people will, will want to give like a Teddy Bridgewater, yes, you know, or Marcus Mariota another chance because of. What you see a guy like that doing, but my instincts go to go the other way. Yes, there's going to be regression. There might be regression on Sunday against the Texans. Yes, yes. Um, Texans gain three points. I will take Houston. Yes, me too. Uh, now Deshaun Watson has has had some ebbs and flows through his season. Like you can't, like he goes out and he's great against the great Patriots defense, and he has this kind of like a stinker against the um, the Broncos. Going back upward. Let's ruin Ryan Tannehill's mojo. Give me the Texans as well. Made a quarterback switch in my fantasy football league at 11.58 a.m. on Sunday. Picked up Ryan Tannehill. Got the win. It's going to happen again this week. Let's go. Wow. You know who I picked up this week, and I'm seriously considering doing this? Eli Manning. Oh, boy. <laughs> He's playing the Dolphins. The Dolphins go fantasy points to whoever they I know, playing. but the Dolphins, they've won some ball games. It doesn't matter. They yeah. still go, still give up a ton of long passes. And then who's the uh, the rookie? Um, I'm blanking on his name. The rookie wide receiver. Darius Giants. Yes, I picked him up too. I'm thinking about stacking the Giants in a semifinal playoff matchup in fantasy football. I haven't checked my fantasy team in about five weeks. I should tell you exactly where I am with my team. Yeah, that means you're a quitter. Uncommitted. We use dude. the word Oski. Yeah. All right. Where are we picking a game? <laughs> yeah, we got one more. We got we got the uh, Buffalo Bills going to Pittsburgh. Steelers two and a half point favorites. No, two point favorites. Sunday night game, seven twenty Sunday on NBC. I feel like 
Like a lot of people just like the Bills, but I don't think the Bills are actually that good. I like Josh Allen's improvements. I don't know if there's been enough there. I like how he plays a little bit of swagger and some edge. Their defense is good, but Steelers are quite the story, man. They really are. Down to their what their third string quarterback, Duck Def- Hodges. Defense. <laughs> what, a, what a name. Defense is playing great. Give me the Steelers. All right. The Duck Hodges thing's fun. I think the Bills in recent weeks have proven that they're they're more than just a uh, you know overachieving team. Yeah, but, they're legitimately uh, tough to yeah, beat. Yeah, but aren't they just that team that keeps things tight and interesting? Yes, but yeah. they're a tough. They're tough to beat, and their defense is good. And against Devlin Hodges, I actually like the Bills here, especially since they're getting two points. So give me the underdog. Yeah, I like the way the Bills have been playing. You know, hung tight with the Ravens for most of the game last week. Uh, lost by a touchdown at home. But um, the Steelers are not a team that scares me, and it's not just because of the quarterback. I think their defense has kind of lightened up a little bit recently, too. I will take the Bills, and you can lock that bad boy up. Ooh. You better lock it up. You better lock it up. No, you lock it up. You lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. All right, that means uh, Johnsy's got to lock up. I am. I'm Army, Navy. I'm doing some research on it right now. <laughs> here it comes. Get <laughs> I'm ready. pulling it up. <laughs> All right, only one college game to pick. It's Army-Navy week. Navy is ranked. They are 10.5-point favorites. 2 o'clock Saturday on CBS. I think Army's won a couple in a row here. Three in a row here, I guess. Yeah. That's after Navy won. Let's see. Let's count them. Well, they won a lot in a row. Yeah, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14 in a row. I was a math major. I wasn't, actually, but... <laughs> His feet are ticklish, I hear, too. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> actually, my feet are very ticklish. How do you file that question up? Um, Give me Navy, and you can lock it up. You better lock it up. You better lock it up. No, you lock it up. You lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. Army is not a bad team. I know they're five and seven. They're not a bad team. I think Joe knows that. I do. Yep. Mm-hmm. Little, I'd say they're a great team, actually. A little September game in Ann Arbor that I remember well. Uh, that I would say they're a great team. Michigan actually. was fortunate fortunate enough to win. Uh, rivalry game? Ten and a half? I think Navy wins the game. I think Army covers. And I feel great about it. Joe. Yeah, Adam uh, basically took the words right out of my mouth. They're, I don't see. I, I see Navy obviously winning the game. They're they're better, but uh, ten points is just too much. I will uh, take Army to cover and Navy to win. All right, there it is. What else? Go ahead. I'm listening. Sorry, Matt. That's it. We're done. Time for us to get out of here and go listen to him again, <laughs> and then go talk to Matt Nagy at House Hall. That's what we got to do right now. Uh, Bears Packers Lambeau Field. We'll be there Sunday. Should be a good one. Bears. We'll see if they keep this momentum going. Follow us on Twitter. Plenty of observations throughout the game. Yeah. Meaningful football game in December. I might at break Lambeau in. Field at noon. I might break into another Grateful Dead song on Twitter. Yakking. Please don't. You like that. That was pretty good. It works because of the Dallas line in there. Yeah. How they're soft. How many times did you have to actually Google the, the lyrics to make sure you got that right? Well, you don't strike me as a deadhead. Well, I know the song well. I didn't know every word in the lyrics. And to answer your question, I just had to Google it once because <laughs> then it was up on my screen and, and I you, didn't and need to Google and it again. You thought you were so smart. Yeah. All right. Um, follow us on Twitter at Adam Hogue, at Adam Johns, at Joey Joe Rowe. Voicemail line will be open 312 222 5050. That thing gets, that thing's hot. Packer Week. Yeah, you Always. better bring it yeah. on Packer Week, man. Oh, we man. don't mess around. So it'll be He's there. He's talking to you, Bob. That's right. That's right. It's good to have voicemails back today. All right, read us WGNRadio.com, The Athletic, The Athletic app. We'll talk to you on Sunday from Lambeau. See ya. It's a bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see if it pays off for him.